This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. An Odyssey station. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. This is Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. It's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next radio hour, the mortgage mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Classes, Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. All right, good afternoon. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Mark Cumberland, along with my co-host, the mortgage mom, Deanne Katsaris. How are you, Deanne? I'm doing fabulous, Mark. How are you? I am weathering the storm, man. <laughs> That's all I can say. But I'm good. I'm good. We're excited to be here every Saturday at 1 o'clock on WPHT Talk Radio 1210. Keep you informed about real estate, because we're the only show talking about it. And I'm telling you, the market's booming, and people just don't know what's going on. So if you want to call us, we'll even give you more information. My number's 267-266-5501. What's your number, Deanne? My number is 609-605-7153. And we're just here every week to help in any way we can with your real estate needs. If you want to be a guest or a sponsor on the show, give us a call. And you can listen to this show and past shows at our website, goodnewsinrealestate.com and also at WPHT's websites. So what are we talking about today? Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have our market report. That's... We have our business tips with Asking Dr. A. Very good. We also have Mark's funny story. Got one for you. We have our mortgage mom topic. Which is what? How to use rent payments to increase your credit score. Mm, that's a good one. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, I thought you would be interested in this, Mark. I am. Um, we, we also have our questions. First one is, what is an escalation clause? Next question is, what does owner-seller will carry mean? And our next question is, can I help sell homes without being a real estate agent? <laughs> next question is, what's the difference between a real estate agent and a real estate broker? I get that one all the time. Next question is, I looked at a property yesterday with a realtor who quite obviously has no clue what he is doing. <laughs> Can I switch agents and still buy that house? That's a good one. Mark, we also have our topic of the day. Investors are not the enemy. And that is true. We did this. I, I talked about this about a year ago, but I want to rehash it because they get a lot of bad, bad rep. And, and a lot of times, if it wasn't for investors, neighborhoods wouldn't change out for the better. That's true. So. That's true. But first, give us your motivational quote. So the motivational quote is, you are never too old to set another goal or to dream a new dream. And I'm telling you, it's never. you can always start something new, no matter how old you are. I get a lot of students, you'd be surprised in the real estate school, that are 
retired from one career, starting another career. It's all a matter of just having a dream and keep moving. It's once the mindset. You, that's right. You know, and if you just like retire and sit around, usually that doesn't turn out too well. <laughs> so you, you got to stay involved. That is so true. Where, so where are we at? So, Mark, we are up to the market report. And there is the bell. American optimism, highest since the start of the pandemic. 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 However you want to say it. (laughs) But Americans are starting to be very optimistic again. As the rollout of the vaccines continues, Americans are now feeling upbeat about the economy. Then at any point since last March, when this all, remember the date, March 16th, when uh, I was told to shut down. Uh, the housing market also is likely continuing to surge. Economics, all the economists are predicting. Uh, the pandemic era housing protections are also giving consumers reasons to look favorably on housing. And with the vaccines happening, I think they're up to what, 15% of the population? It's going to take it's a growing. while. Yep. It's growing, but but there's an index of, uh, of optimism, and it's up. Like 85, it's they do the thing by points, which is hard to understand. The point is, people are optimistic, more optimistic than they were 12 months ago or 13 months ago. And the market watch, jobs and jobs are growth, unemployment's down to like 4.7. Uh, the vaccine doses are helping to boost that all up too. And consumer index, which determines how consumers feel, is up. So Americans' attitudes about their personal finance in the economy are at a one-year high, uh, you know, and we we're, we're we're seeing that this is continuing to go to get better. Activity starts normalizing in the coming months. I think more things will open up. It's according to what state you're in. Our state, Pennsylvania. I think our governor's a little uh, slow on the move here, but we need to open up some more businesses. But uh, jobless claims dropped. Lowest level since the pandemic started. Uh, 32 states reported decrease in claims. So overall, the economy is getting better. And permits for residential construction are up 14% compared to a year ago. So that means the builders and the investors are all starting to get back in the game here. And they gauge the, what, the future home construction. And the builders are way behind. So they're looking to grow big time in 21. And they found this was the biggest uptick in new home constructions for a long time. And it's really big in the South and the West, most notably in the Sun Belt, because people are fleeing New York and Jersey and other states, California, into the Sun Belts and because uh, of the lower taxes and everything else. The Philly market, housing prices. Uh, they've increased. Median price broke 200k for the second time in 12 months, hitting 210,000 in the last quarter. Houses prices were up 12.8 percent year over year, so nearly triple the 4.5 percent historically annual average. The low inventory still an issue. The housing supply, which we've been talking about for a long time, at one time was down to 25 houses listed for sale in the whole city. That's less than sixty. That's sixty percent less than the what the average used to be, like seventy four hundred homes. We haven't been like that for a long time. Homes are selling quick in this market. Uh, days on the market are down. 
uh, way down to like 40 days citywide, but we all know if it's nice and priced right, it sells like in a week or so. Yeah, it's like four days. Yeah, activity remains higher than average. Number of uh, sales, it's well above. It's interesting, even with that low inventory, more houses were sold in 2020 than in 2019, which people don't believe, but that's a fact. It's a definite and fact, mar- yep. And the market favors the sellers. The, this low inventory, so it, the ball is in the seller's court. Um, but the rates are still great, so it's a great time to buy. I think I said last week, it, go out and buy a damn house. It's a great time. <laughs> I think you did time say to that, buy. <laughs> yeah, I think I did. It's a great time to buy or refi. So tell us about the rates. The rates are still the rates are still great, Mark. I mean, you're looking at a 30-year conventional running anywhere between three to three and a quarter. Your 15 years at 2.75 percent. Your 30-year FHA is running between 2.875 to 3%. And unfortunately, you know, it does change a lot. So, you know, every day between the stock market and the 10-year treasury and all those things are affecting the rate. So we just got to keep an eye on it. But again, they're still incredibly low. Incredibly low. Average rate historically is around 7 or 8. Historically. Exactly. People don't realize that. So if you can get something around three, you're in great shape here. Yeah, that's awesome. Anyway. So if anybody has any questions on the rates or if it's a good time to refi or not, just give me a call at 609-605-7153. I might be calling you myself. (laughs) So with that, you're listening to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. We'll be right back. On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more after the break and this message from Debt-Free Living. Learn more at wehatedebt.com. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. So we're at the end. Mark, we are up to your funny story. All right, so I got one for you. Somebody told me this one. So this blonde teenager in school, right, wanted to earn some extra summer money and decided to hire herself as a handy woman. And she started canvassing in a very well-to-do neighborhood. She went door to door, asked the owners if they had any odd jobs for her to do. She goes, well, I guess, one person said, well, I guess I could use somebody to paint my porch. She goes, how much would you charge me? And delighted, the girl quickly responded. She said, how about 50 bucks? The guy agreed and told her that the paint and the brushes and everything she would need was in the garage. So the man's wife, hearing that the conversation, said to her husband, Don't she realize that our porch goes all the way around the house? And the wife, he goes, Yeah, that's a bit cynical, isn't it? And the wife replied, You're right. He goes, I guess I'm starting to believe all those dumb blonde jokes we've been reading about on Facebook. Later that day, the blonde teenager came to the door, collect her money. She goes, You're finished already? The startled husband asked. She goes, yes, she replied, and I even had some paint left over, so I gave two coats. Impressed, the reach, man reached into his pocket, handed her 50 bucks, along with a $10 tip. And he goes, and by the way, the teenager added, it's not a porch, it's a Lexus. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I thought that was a pretty good one. <laughs> 
It was a good one. If you have a funny story, send it to 8029 at Comcast.net or give us a call at 267-266-5501. And now it's time for the Mortgage Mom segment with Deanne Katsaris from Green Tree Mortgage, here to solve all your mortgage problems. And our topic today is VA loans. Oh, no. no, 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 I got it wrong. What's your topic? Shockingly, you got it wrong. But <laughs> today we're going to do we're going to do how to use oh. rent payments to increase your credit score. It's, Remember, we started this the show, and you were so excited. Right, it's all about coming back topic. to me now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am interested in this. All right, so tell me about this. Now it's pretty good stuff. So there's a little secret that can help improve your credit score, and you know, like it or not, your credit affects just about every aspect of your financial life. Whether you're trying to buy a house or a car or even a fancy new phone, your credit score is the first thing that lenders look at, Mark, to determine your ability to pay. Right. Because the whole idea of credit is making those payments over a period of time in a good way. So, and a good score always translates to lower rates and much more favorable terms. But building credit can be difficult, especially if you're in that catch-22, you know, where <laughs> where not everything is being reported. So, Excuse the dog so, is a guest on this show. <laughs> I'm making the guest the dog a guest, so it's, <laughs> it's just impossible. But building credit can be difficult, especially if you find yourself in the catch-22, you know, of needing credit to actually establish credit. So you end up chasing your tail. But the good news is if you're a renter, there are several ways to report your monthly payments, which can improve your score and help build your credit history. That's a really great point because 48% of Philly rents, and I guarantee you, they're not using that to bump their credit score up, and they're paying it every month. And they're paying it every month. And it's one of those rare things where you can see improvements almost immediately with your score um, and across the board. So it will affect all three bureaus, but the key is that you need to actually get it on your trade line. So if you're paying your rent like clockwork, here's how you can make it go onto the credit report and give yourself a boost. But you need to talk to your landlord or the property management company. Um, even if you've made the payments on time for years, the odds of this being reflected are on the credit report are slim and none. Nobody's, your landlord or your te- or your um, property manager isn't going to go ahead and do that favor for you because it's just like the water and the power and any other utility bills. Rental accounts are considered non-traditional credit. Right. And when you have a non-traditional credit line, it means that the creditors are not required to report them to the bureaus the same way that they would if it was a mortgage or an auto loan. So with that being said, all three bureaus, and you have Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax, will add this information to your file if they receive it. It's not something you can report to them yourself. For this to happen, you have to make your payments must be collected through a payment processing platform like RentTrack or Zego, um, which your your rent reporting services can offer to you. So again, you need to go back to the landlord or your property management and see if they'll do that. In some cases, they will provide the service of having your payments reported as an incentive for basically being a good renter. Now, don't forget, if, if you pay rent on time and you're trying to establish your credit, it could also mean that you don't want to rent anymore and you possibly want to buy. So you got to make sure, you know, you let them know that you're establishing your overall credit. So they can add this um, to your rent 
it might cost a little a couple dollars maybe five dollars or ten dollars to actually get this reported to those services but in the long run it's definitely worth it so i recommend checking with your landlord um, this is the easiest and it's the most effective way to add your rental payment history to your credit line there's also certain things on there um, you can go to boost and with experian you can put on car insurance payments or some of your utility bills and it's called self-reporting and they'll do it for you as well so and you got to do it um, every month or or it'll be automatic it'll be automatic if you if you go up to that service because um, everybody's like paying car rent, insurance that's that's a good one it is a good one and as long as the, the company is willing to give you that satisfaction of showing that your payments are, are on time that would definitely work and the monthly fees vary like i said it can be anywhere from 6.95 to 15 a month um, and a lot of times they'll even add that to your rent payments and you know one of the benefits of using a company like according to fico or you know rock the score pay your rent credit karma um, or it's called rental karma and one of the benefits of using that company is that you'll also have the option to report up to 24 months of the rental payments and this, this can be either past payments or future payments. So if you get a trade line on there that's 24 months old that they're putting on there now, that's showing a history. Instead of going 24 months and forward, they can put the day that you started that rent from 24 months past and use that to build your, your credit history. That should really have an impact. Yeah. On top of that, you also want to make sure that you get a secured credit card. Um, I just saw a commercial the other day that Finger Hut is now advertising on TV to be able to boost, help boost your credit. Oh, really? Yeah. So, again, you want to make sure that the payments are made on time. If you're 15 days or 30 days late and paying a late charge every month, this is not the thing for you to do. Right. You want to make sure that you get with the service. Your rent payments are on time for the past 24 months or even 12 months. Um, it's definitely going to give you an immediate boost to your credit score. So for more information on it, again, um, just give me a call. I'll be able to walk you through it at 609-605-7153. Look, I, got, I have a Best Buy card, right? And mm -hmm. I'll, it's almost paid off. I think the minimal payment's down to like 15 bucks or something. But I'm going right. to go to Best Buy and I'm going to buy something. I'm going to buy a couple of really nice set of earphones or for the studio. I can use a new microphone if you're new, up for a it. A new microphone. But I, <laughs> My I birthday want, is coming up. I want it because that's an easy, and it's not credit. A lot of people don't understand. It. It's not the, how high the bill is. It's that consistency. Consistent because a lot of people think if they pay the credit card balance off and they're at a zero, that that's going to increase your score, but it's not. That's, because if yes. you stay at zero, you're, there's going to be no reflection of a good payment history. That's right. So I'm going to go buy something at Best Buy, spend a few hundred bucks, so I can still have this bill. So I right. so I'm on time every month, and it keeps my score right. up. Yeah. All right. Very that good. Was a, that was a good segment because that was a great segment. 48% of Philadelphia rents. They should yep. take advantage of this. And a lot of Agreed. them went in big units with property management companies that could do I this just, for them. Mark, I just took an application um, over, the, over the weekend where a gentleman's paying $2,200 a month in rent. Yep. And I said to him, we need to get you a house. I could cut your payment in half. He was so happy. <laughs> no doubt about it. That was a great segment.
All right, thank you. And coming up next is going to be our question and answer segment. All right, so with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate. You're on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, all positive, all the time. We'll be right back. Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on 1210 WPHT Talk Radio. So where are we at, Deanne? Mark, we're up to our question and answer segment. All right, so what's the first one? The first question is, what is an escalation clause? Yeah, and there's even agents that don't know what this is. No, and this is so common right now. And this is very important right now. This is a clause in your contract. Like, say you're buying a house, we'll use round numbers, 200000 And you know, when you were at the open house, there was a line down the street. Yep. You know there's going to be more than one offer. Even if you went in and showed this, your agent should know how many showings there were. So if your agent says to you, like, we're the 10th showing, you know there's going to be offers coming in. So what you do, say you're, say this house is 210, and you got a good agent, and this agent does some research, and he looks at some of the other houses within a mile, maybe two miles, according to what kind of neighborhood it is, row houses, singles, and he sees that there's some room that this house could appraise. So he puts an escalation clause in the contract. So the house is listed for two, 200000 and he puts in that your buyer is willing to pay two twenty if any offers come in over 200000 So automatically, you have, now if they don't get any other offers, you get the house for 200000 But if a two ten comes in, you're beating the two ten. If a 215 comes in, you're beating the 215. So in this kind of market with 3,000 houses for sale in all Philadelphia and the same in the counties, I mean, you need to have one of these clauses in your contract if you want to be competitive. Because it's not going to be they get eight offers and then they call everybody back up and say, do you want to go higher? That's not how it's going to work. They're going to close one and it's over. So this escalation clause keeps you in the game. So if you put in, you were willing to go an extra 20000 on a 30-year loan at 3%, which might be, what, 8 bucks Maybe. A month? Maybe $8 a month. And your house is appreciating at around 10% a year. It's a wash anyway. And you win. Right. Mark, so, do they have to show... Um, I'm sure some people are, are thinking, do they have to show the other offers that came, that came in? There's there's a, a form that agents can fill out and hand out to everybody, that, but a lot of times they don't. And, and then the agents usually call up and say, you know, we would have went higher. Well, you should have went higher on the first shot. Because when I was selling strictly just residential, I was 80-20 listings. I love being a listing agent. And back in like 2003, this used to happen to me all the time. I'd be sitting at the table with like six, seven offers and people still knocking on the door to see the house. And then I used to close. And how it worked was I would go through all the offers, look at their buyer's financials, make sure they were pre-approved, that everything was done. And the best offer for my seller with the less stress getting to the table and say, this is the one we should take. And it's over. And then all these agents would call me up. I felt bad one time in like 2004. I had this guy call me on a Sunday night. And I thought he was messing with me. And he started crying. Oh, no. And 
he started crying, and I thought he was messing with me. And then he goes, I'm really going through some hard times, and this is like the eighth offer I lost. And I and I thought he was messing with me. I started laughing, and I, I found it fi- uh, dawned on me, finally, Mr. Warm and Fuzzy, that oh <laughs> this guy God. was having some problems. I called his broker the next day, and he said, yeah, he's been having hard times. This has been happening to him over and over and over again. So, And we're in that kind of market. There's a lot of agents out there that are hurting right now because they're put they're putting in six seven bids and not winning, and they don't get paid unless they win. That's absolutely so, true. So, yep. this, so this this escalation clause gives you a little edge, and doesn't keeps you in the game. Now, if somebody offers two twenty five, you're out. Now, but if what happens when they're doing final and best? Well, final and best, I don't. I see. I don't see. I don't see that too much. Like where the agent's going to. The agents are going to call everybody oh, up and say, every, "What's your final it's every offer. I see. I, I never ever did that. That's to me. They, I don't think that's a good way to to represent your seller. Because I, I agree. It's but your final not even, and best should be your first in this market. Your final and best should be your first offer. They're not even reading letters. They're just looking at numbers. Yeah, they're because not reading there's no inventory. Yeah, but your final and best. And then it has to appraise. So then, so Agreed. so somebody at, puts two fifty on a two, and it doesn't appraise. They didn't do you any favors. Now they cause you a headache. Now, well, now they're telling you that you have to come to the table with the difference. That's what's showing up. If you that, put an offer, or in, the seller has to get be realistic and come down to the appraised price. Yeah, they're they're having the buyers come to the table with the cash with the difference. Yeah, but not it's insane. Not everybody can do that. I know. It's it's just it's an insane market. Yeah, it is. And, and all right, it's let's... all the agent's fault. If they would all stay in touch with their database, there would be a lot more inventory on the market. Cause the pub... Well, that goes back to me saying, you know, if you have a, if you have 20 people lined out of a house, go knock, go next door and knock on the door. Go on either side. Go down the street and tell people, I have a buyer for your house. Right. But they don't want to do that. They want to send a postcard and hope somebody crossed their fingers. Right. All right. What's the next one? All right. Don't get me started on that. Don't get me started on the agents. Because I think this is all the agents' fault in Philadelphia. I don't care. Let's go on to number two. Go ahead. What does owner-seller will carry mean? I love that owner-seller will carry. Owner-seller, this is the way that you approach, like I've done this before. I approach a buyer, a seller, and I said, listen, I don't really want to put 25% down because it's a business deal. You know, that's a lot of cash out of my pocket that I could be doing something else with. How about if you hold the note? And they go, what? I said, yeah, you be the bank. And then then you got to explain it to them. So the owner, and you can do this real quickly. Like I could do this in a week. I could have an appraisal done. I could have an inspection done. And I could go to a title company and we could create a mortgage. And now I buy this place and the seller's the bank. What does the seller have to lose? Now, if I stop paying, the seller repossesses the property and sells it again. And they keep all my money that I paid in. So, like, I've done this lots of times. And then some, because sometimes, especially on the commercial side, they might want 25% or more down or 30%. Like churches, certain types of businesses, banks want 50%. You know, they look at churches like, uh, you know, this this pastor or 
minister gets up one week and goes goes off the wagon, nobody comes back. No more collection right. plate. So they want right. like fifty percent down. But like I've done a lot of times where the seller will like, what do you mean? Like I, I want the cash. I said, Well, how much cash do you really need up front? Because you're gonna get the money every month. I'm right. gonna be and if if I default, you get it back and sell it again. So it can really it's just another tool in the toolbox to do something outside the to get box. the deal done and it's temporary. I mean, you're you know, eventually you're gonna be able to qualify and then, you know, get a mortgage, get a note on yourself and, and yeah. move on. But or if it's this a, is something or, or that if it's is, a business, you get two years of taxes under your belt and then you buy it. Right. Right. Exactly. What's the next one? All right. Next question is, can I help sell homes without being a real estate agent? Yeah, you can be Mr. Helpful, but I don't know if you're going to get paid (laughs) because agents can't pay you legally unless you're an attorney or a licensed real estate agent. And if somebody tells you if you give them leads, they're going to give you cash, they're breaking the law. Uh, So you could be Mr. Helpful and help people buy homes, but you can't get paid unless you're a lawyer or a licensed agent in Pennsylvania. And most states. What's the next one? The next question is, I looked at a property yesterday with a realtor who quite obviously has no clue what he's doing. Can I switch agents and still buy that house? First of all, check to see if you signed a buyer agency agreement with this agent, which in probably 80% of the cases, they did not. Because a lot of them don't do it. And if you didn't sign a buyer agency contract, he's not your agent anyway, or she's not your agent. Do you technically represent the seller? This one comes up a lot on our show. It does. And it does you come can, up. So you can switch agents. Now, if you did sign a buyer agency contract and you are not, there's a personality clash, which I've had them in my career, even though I'm- I can't even, even imagine. Even though I'm warm and fuzzy. No. There was somebody that just didn't like the way I handled it or whatever. Impossible. I say, listen- I'll let you out anytime you want. It's no problem. I don't want to do business that, with people that don't want to do business with me. But like, you know, once in a while there are clashes and you you can get out. But it's good if you sign the contract. And your broker right. has to agree. So it can Agreed. get a little complicated. We're going to have to wrap it up there with the questions. <laughs> yep, they were some good questions and we'll, we'll carry them on to next week. But coming up next is going to be our topic of the day. Investors are not the enemy. All right, very good. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive all the time. We'll be right back. Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at mortgagemom.net. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on 1210 WPHT, all positive, all the time. So where are we at, Deanne? Mark, we are up to our topic of the day, which is investors are not the enemy. Yeah, I know. And investors get a bad rap because, uh, and I'm an investor, and I, you know, you're an investor. I mean, if it wasn't for investors in certain neighborhoods, they would still be the same <laughs> and never change. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, I mean, like Fishtown, think of Fishtown 25 years ago. You could have probably bought a house for 10 grand that now is 400 and 500,000. Because investors came in, fixed up all the beat up ones, and values went up. Now, you, every once in a while, you see something on the news about gentrification. 
I watched the great uh, South Park on gentrification. And, uh, you know, and people complain because when the values go up, taxes usually go up too. And so, you know, they all, they're lumping in uh, investors with, lawyers and repo men as the most vilified <laughs> professions on the planet but in reality they have a lot of value i mean you know like think about like neighborhoods like fishtown where you know the, the at first the college kids they'll take a chance and live it in that shaky neighborhood near kent near frankfurt avenue or kensington avenue as in the very beginning you know or like temple Remember, I went to Temple way back in the day, and Temple was a few blocks, and then once you got outside of there, it was a little airy. Yeah. And now it's gigantic, and it's big, and prices are enormous. Uh, there's so many neighborhoods in Philly that you could talk about this, but there's always some civic group or something that you know is fighting change because they worry about taxes. I remember when I first sold houses, when I first got my license in Queen Village, and that was, you know, the first, I remember the first house I sold in Queen Village had uh, the brown paneling, the drop ceiling, and orange the shag, carpet. and the orange <laughs> shag carpet, really. And, you know, all of a sudden, now this thing's worth like a few hundred thousand dollars. And, uh, you know, I mean, Kensington, look at that. I remember Mike McCann told me that's how he started selling houses for 10000 a piece down in Kensington, you know, that now parts of Kensington, one of them three stories, they want... 500,000. Yeah, you can't even touch them. So, you know, if it wasn't for investors taking chances on the fringe, I remember when we first started this show about 11 years ago, uh, one time you asked me where would be a good time, place to buy. And I said, Francisville. And you're like, where's Francisville? Right. <laughs> I said, right above uh, uh, the art museum area, above, uh, what do you call it? The neighborhood, uh, Fairmount. Fairmount. I said, right above Fairmount. Yeah, well. Now you go down to Francisville and you look at a three-story house, you're looking at seven, eight hundred thousand. And no, nobody, everybody's asking me, where the hell is Francisville at? <laughs> so if it wasn't for investors going into that kinds of neighborhoods, a lot of that wouldn't have happened. And and like, look at what's going on now. I mean, Kensington's the hottest neighborhood in the city, and it's up above Lehigh Avenue, and they're buying everything up. They're even, it's even coming up, like, there was, I know we were on the national news this week about Kensington and Somerset with the drugs, but a little to the uh, west of that, and not that far towards Aramingo, it's booming. So, yeah, eventually... you can't have everything. No, no. <laughs> but, I mean, in the end, they're not the enemy. I mean, like... They actually help neighborhoods and, and neighborhoods that would have been very stagnant, like Temple. I remember when I went to Temple, there was abandoned houses everywhere. Now you can't even touch anything in the you Temple You can't touch. Area. You can't even get near it. Yep, you're right. You know, and you could have bought a whole block. You know, I wish I would have bought whole blocks back in Fishtown when yeah. I could have. <laughs> I'll take these eight. Who knew? Who knew? Right? I Who know. knew? Yeah, eight houses I'd be, you know, would be worth a million dollars now. You know, I, easy. I have an aunt that lives in Fishtown, and you know, I think she's got like ten thousand dollars left on her mortgage, and I think she paid thirty nine for it. You know, like years ago. That's right. a gold mine. Yeah, yeah, and so anyway, you know, complaining about them, you don't really want to. They, they, they're they're not all bad. Now there are some sleazy investors, 
But the majority of them, with the Philly regulations and everything they have to, every hoop they have to jump through now to get a property done, it right. took you a year just to get all the permits done to build something in Philly. That's how bad it is in Philly. But I think you got to give them a break. If it wasn't for a lot of the investors that took the risk, took the chance, you know, a lot of neighborhoods would still be where they were years ago. And, uh, so. No, you're right, Mark. And that's and it's important for people to understand that that was an awesome topic because, you know, it's so true that when investors go into an area or go into a neighborhood and, and they fix it up and, you know, they know what they're doing. Number one, they flip it. They're giving people an opportunity to be able to purchase that don't have the money to fix a house and they're and they're changing the footprint of that neighborhood. So hmm. it's it's a win win for everyone. Yeah. And look at Camden. Now, all of a sudden, the investors are focusing on Camden. Camden Camden's, is... Camden's yep. right across the bridge there. And all of a sudden, they're, you know, they're, they're looking at lower taxes in Camden. They're looking at opportunity. Uh, Mark, getting, I've been getting saying cheap. this for years. This is waterfront property. Yeah, I know. It's waterfront property. And it's just sitting there. I know. That's like Philly owns everything from, from so much stuff on the water. It's unbelievable. You know, another Agreed. topic. Another topic we'll get into. No, but that was awesome. That was great. All right. So next we have our topic with Dr. Abelson, and he is going to go over the value of understanding the disc. Which we use all the time. Dr. Abelson, you there? I most certainly am. I just I just sent a company uh the, your email you sent me about the the value of understanding the disc and using the disc to hire people and to keep from having all kinds of overturn uh, with their employees. So tell us, you start this. Tell us how do you want to start? Well, really, it it gets back to how much does it cost you when you make a mistake? And we're not just talking about a hiring mistake. What about when you're promoting somebody? I was talking to another organization uh, just a little while ago today. How many times do we see individuals or companies take somebody who's a great technician and then they promote them to be a manager and they flop? Yeah. And what happens is they've just made two mistakes in one, cho in one choice. Number one, right. they take a technician away who's doing a great job as a technician, and then they put them in as a manager – somebody who doesn't know how to be a manager or is just a terrible manager and causes all kinds of turmoil and problems. So one of the values of using our disc assessment and our motors assessment, and or we also have leadership assessment in the leadership situation, is to give this person an assessment before you move them up. You think you know who they are and what they're like. You've seen them under one set of eyes, one set right. of glasses. You haven't seen them in this different role. So you don't know I've if they're going to be able to perform it or not. I've seen this so many times in the real estate industry uh, where an agent's a, a really good real estate agent, good producer, nice person, great personality, and some company wants to hire them to be the office manager, the broker, and the recruiter because they were such a great agent. And then this right. all of a sudden, that's a whole different ball game. That's a whole different set of skills. And the next thing you know, this agent is loss because they never did any of that they never that's right recruited they never trained they never ran an organization except for their little business and they fail and 
And the and uh, the interesting thing I see with this, and I've seen it so many times, they usually last about eight months, and then it thing blows up, and then they got to start all over. That's right. And what's interesting here, here's another aspect of this. You have somebody who comes to you and says, I want to be a manager, but they're a great agent and you don't want them to leave and go somewhere else. So what do you say? Sure, let's do it. If you give them an assessment and you go over the assessment with them and the assessment itself demonstrates to them that they're going to be a lousy manager, all you have to do is say, look, you, you took this assessment. You've already told me that it's accurate and it really describes you. And But let's look at all these things that are going to be challenges for you as a manager instead of as an agent or instead of a technician, whatever the job is, uh, you know, a mortgage lender, you know, they, because it happens in every industry that they make this incredible mistake. So for if, so if for for a hundred bucks or thereabout, you can get an answer and you can save yourself months of misery. You can save yourself hundreds of thousands of dollars in mistakes made, as well as all the other aspects, just by giving them an assessment at that point. And when when you want to move people up, you might you might give two or three or four different you might have two or three or four different people that you're interested in possibly moving up. And give the them impact all an assessment. On Take the, a look at and, that. And the impact on the entire business, all the ones it's I've incredible. seen that it, it damages the culture so bad. Like right. I always tell people, it could cost you 10 times their salary. The damage this is going to do to your business because it's sudden, going to have a major have a impact. Leaving. It's going to have yeah. a major impact on your culture and they're probably going to leave. So now you lost this really great agent that you thought was great. So great. You wanted to make them the leader. That's right. why your tools are so valuable. You can't make those kind of mistakes and survive in business. Not, not anymore, because it's so competitive out there. And even with the, even with the limited um, inventory that's, that's happening right now, you still have, you still have those, those you know, huge problems. If not, you really have the problems even more. Because let's say you, you, there's not that much inventory out, so you really have to have a really good agent who knows how to craft the contract so that the so that the listing realtor is interested in saying yes or recommends this to the seller, you know, and and then you're going to take that person and make him a manager, right? What a and mistake. you're losing one of your best producers that is feeding your bottom line. That's right. And and you might lose a few of his friends. <laughs> right. Or what, her friends. what I've seen, I, what I've seen so many times is you make that one mistake, and that you want to promote that person because they seem to be a leader. Well, the problem is they are a leader. So you tick them off, they get angry, they leave. And what happens? Three or four people leave with them and go to the with same them. other brokerage. So it's it a huge, time. huge mistake and a huge you know, vacuum that you've now created in your own business. I've seen, I've seen whole companies go down the tubes on mistakes like this. Yes. That was great, That's Dr. Right. Tell, her, tell everybody how to get a hold of you because... I'm I'm sending your email to a bunch of people I know because hiring and even understanding everybody in your organization is really important. So how how do they get a hold of you? Just go to www.abelson.net or email me at abelson at abelson.net and we'll be delighted to help you. All right. Very good, doctor. Thank you, Dr. We'll talk to you next week. Take care, guys. All right. All right. Be well. All right, if you have any questions, you can email them to Mark at 8029 at Comcast.net or give him a call at 267-266-5501.
You can also email me at DeanneKitsaris at Comcast.net or give me a call at 609-605-7153. And a special thanks to Deanne's dog for joining the show today <laughs> and all of our listeners and our sponsors for keeping us on the air. And we're here every Saturday at 1 o'clock. We hope you stay tuned in, keep you informed on the market, because the real estate market is booming. So with that, have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom. You've been listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. All, all positive, positive, all the time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Krause at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded.